Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creeps and ghouls of all time, Four Guys in a Comic has a chilling and frightful show for you today. The mysterious and mysticism behind the creatures and demons we discussed today may not be for all ages. Be sure to pull out your nightlights because by the end of this, you may just be scared out of your wit wondering, what if these ghastly monsters come for me? So, guys, are you ready to embark down the dark path that is monster and horror yeah. comics? Let's bring it do on. it. Come on. Oh, yeah. Awesome, guys. Awesome. And uh, by the way, we're four guys in a comic uh, with Tap, uh, me, Rusty. We got Red Skull here and Nova. So, guys, what are some of the earliest horror comics that, you know, you can remember reading or seeing on the shelves of comic shops? Tells a suspense. Stuff. Yeah. What do you well? What do you remember about Tales of Suspense that that's so vivid to you? Oh, vivid! Oh my gosh, just strange creatures that you know in those early uh, Silver Age. You're just kind of like, what is that? What is that? What was Iron Man or Captain America going to get into this time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was weird stuff that on those covers. Mine was the Creep Show, um, the the Stephen King companion comics. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be probably mine. Now, what pulled you into Creep Show? Well, the was movies. it the movie? Oh yeah, no, okay, no, no, I was no, gonna no, say, the was it the movie? No, the okay. movies by far. I didn't discover the comics till till later because I grew up watching horror movies, and I didn't really get into horror comics until much later in life. Okay, very cool. So, what about you, Nova? Yeah, I'm not a big horror fan, so I never gravitated towards them, but. Uh... Yeah, uh, I always remember seeing Swamp Thing and thinking he had that that horror vibe, those old issues that just hung sort of, uh, you know, up in the more valuable area. But, yeah, not a big horror guy. Okay, well, what, okay, I'm going to ask this to you then, Nova, because, you know, you're not a big horror guy, but maybe you'll be able to pick out some of the more, the, the ones that may stand out more to people. All right, challenge accepted. All right, so what are some memorable characters that comics have brought to us in the horror genre? Hellboy. Mm. Um, Swamp Thing started yeah. off as a horror comic. Um, who else? There's probably tons. I just uh, I'm just being rude. I guess the whole Walking Dead franchise. <laughs> no, I I, I kind of. Th- I'm kind of the same boat with uh, Nova here. I'm not that big on horror, but there are a few little things here and there. And uh, some of the things that come come to my mind is like Morbius. And then the stuff that, uh, um, uh, what's his name, Marv Wolfman did with, uh, oh my goodness, oh, Blade. You know. I would say Werewolf by Night. Tomb of Dracula. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Tomb of Dracula. That's the name I was thinking. Yeah, of. yeah. Tomb of Dracula. Uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, da, 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 da. The Goon is technically kind of a, a horror esque. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some. Uh, you know, Nova's already named. Oh, Man Thing, which I know Rusty's had a big uh, love for lately. Yep. So yep. You, you know, you got Man Thing. Um, and then anything Rob Liefeld did. Really, really <laughs> yeah. so, some uh, mutilated monsters coming off of the pages of uh, Rob Liefeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, moving on from characters, um, when do you feel like the peak of horror comics was? Like, when? What decade do you think it like rose to its absolute pinnacle? Probably 50s. the fifties, sixties. Yeah, fifties. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt in the fifties. The, the EC stuff. Yeah. For sure. Well, what do you think caused it to fall? The superhero yeah. takeover. Because, I mean, you got to think in the 50s, it was all like the horror comics and the robots and the aliens coming mm-hmm. to Earth and that kind of stuff. And then really in like the 60s, it, it started the whole war comics and then Captain America. And then you got, oh. you know, all of the the other superheroes following in suit. And then the 70s and 80s was just all superheroes and yeah, yeah and in, con- in conjunction with that, you also have to think with uh, the comic book uh, authority, with restrictions they placed yeah. specifically yeah. because of horror comics. It was the horror comics that created the need for that uh, certification. Yeah. So that was, in, in my opinion, part of the de- decline. But like Tap said, yes, 
all of a sudden in the golden or the silver age, you had all those superhero comics come out. Boom. You know, that was the new thing. Wow. Captain America. <gasps> Fantastic Four. <gasps> you know, it's like so kids gravitated towards that. Yeah. It became more of a kid thing. But I will say in the 80s, it probably started to somewhat make a comeback. Because in the 80s, especially the late 80s, you started to see more indie kind of underground stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So it started to come back. And then the 90s kind of took over with the whole X-Men, X-Force type comics that are out there. Death of Superman, whatnot. Um, But I will say in the last probably five to ten years, I think horror comics are really starting to make a comeback in the last five to ten years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really awesome titles that have come out. Definitely. And particularly with independent comics. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Because with indie, you can kind of do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not really held to the, the big two standards, you know? Yeah. Wait, wait, they have standards? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. No mercy. Mm-mm. Yeah, and Dark Horse. They're pretty good with horror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dark Horse is great. When it comes to horror, though, I had to, I had to throw this out there because it's been on my mind ever since we started the um, conversation. Treehouse of Horror. The, <laughs> the Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> to me, that is one of the coolest, greatest, enjoyable comic things each year is that Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, The Simpsons are classic. Yes. Yes, they are. So, okay, you know, kind of, you'll talk about the indie comics a little bit right there. And, you know, you had your ECs and everything else in the 50s. How do you feel like companies like Marvel and DC contributed to the genre in the 60s and 70s after the 50s? Man Thing, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Blade. Morbius the Living Morbius. Vampire. <laughs> yep. Do you think it helped the genre, though? Or do you think that they were just kind of oh, yeah. putting it out there? No, no, for sure, helped. especially Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is still to this day um, a very popular character that has, well, had his own ongoing series and now is making frequent appearances in the new Hellblazer, um, which is also, I guess, could sort of be considered a horror comic somewhat as well, um, or supernatural occultist, I guess, at least. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely Swamp Thing by far is probably the, the big one from there. So now that we've kind of got a little glimpse on, you know, Marvel and DC and what it contributed in the 60s and 70s a little bit. Okay, now this one is mainly focused on red, and I had to put this exclusion in there just because I (laughs) automatically knew what the answer would be. But I'm going to aim this at red first. Um, Uh Besides The Walking Dead, what would you consider to be the all-time greatest horror comic? Ooh, that is a tough one. Uh, all all time greatest. All time. It, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it is hard because you have Tales from the Crypt. You have Lock and Key, and oh god, the other one, Alan Moore's um, uh, Hellblazer. <laughs> it's just. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stick with Tales from the Crypt. All right, tap. Do you have an answer for that one? Um, well, it depends. I don't know, because some things I consider more supernatural over horror. Um, so for instance, Lock and Key, okay, Joe Hill, one of my all-time favorite series ever out of any genre, um, and while it has some horror elements, I would say it's more supernatural, not so much horror. So I guess it really depends. Um, same thing with, like, Hellblazers, everybody knows, I'm a diehard Constantine fan, but with Hellblazer... It's more supernaturalish. It's not. It's not. I mean, sometimes there's horror ass. So I guess it just kind of depends on. Yeah. You know what I well, mean. Well, you got to think about it but, too. Because I'm asking all time greatest horror. Would you yeah. say that it is like all time? But I also look at it this way because a lot of that supernatural stuff actually just falls into the horror category. Like Walking Dead. It's not exactly horror, but it falls in that genre. Same as say Outcast. So yeah. that's also that's also a call where there's there's a gray area because they just kind of throw it into that category even though it doesn't really belong. Yeah. All right. So if we go with that, and even though the supernatural might, I gotta go with Lock and Key then, strictly because it is one of my all time favorite books out of any genre. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm telling you, Rusty, you gotta read Lock and Key. It's it's on the list. I'm telling you, after it, man, it should be on, on your short list. Like that's what I'm saying. It's next. It's next. It's next. phenomenal. I binge read all forty something issues in like a week. It was, it's 
Oh, God, it's so good. Well, Nova, I know you don't read many horror comics, but what would you say is the all-time greatest horror comic besides Um, The Walking Dead? Strictly horror, I'm going to say, and it's also, again, drawing a line on what is horror. I think it's horror because it scares the living uh, bejesus out of me, but crossed. Yeah. sure runs up to my scariest. I just, it's hard to read that book without feeling dirty after and, like, you've just lived through a nightmare or read through a nightmare. So, um, yeah, that's, that's horrific to me. Um, that's, that's definitely number one. I was gonna say, and kind of like what you just said, Nova. Outcast for me, it's one of those things I have to read it in a dark room, and it gets under my skin. I mean, there yeah. are elements of that that are just deep, and it's just like, whoa! You get a chill sometimes. I mean, it's about exorcisms. I think that's pretty like it's that's horror, you know. Yeah, and, and as uh, um, Robert Kirkman puts in the in the front page or the back page depending on the issue he's you no know, all the stuff is based off of um real events and or stuff that is believed to be true so he's not like he's really making a lot of stuff up he's actually digging and researching for the stuff and so when you know that in the back of your head when you're reading this it's just like ooh. yeah Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're bringing up a lot of this stuff because this is going to pertain to a lot of questions that are going to be asking here in a little bit. But the next question I have is monsters or ghosts? I'm all about more... Uh, okay, for me personally, I'm all about more of the ghost thing. I'm more supernatural than I am monsters. Um, and I mean, you can tell that with Lock and Key, with, with Hellblazer, with you know all those types of books. I'm more monsters are like eh whatever because I don't believe in a monster you know what I mean I do believe mm-hmm. in ghosts so that's why it gets to me a little bit more because like it's something that I do believe in whereas I don't believe in a freaking you know monster or whatever um, but the ones that I guess you can consider monsters that do are pretty damn good and freaky and I gotta just throw them out there because we wouldn't be doing these justice this podcast justice if we didn't name them um, which is Nailbiter and like the Beyond Wonderland Return to Wonderland like that whole Xenoscope uh-huh. series is it's great lord of gore rusty as you know oh I yeah mean, there's some there's some nice honorable mentions there but for me i gotta go with ghosts all right what about you nova monsters or ghosts i don't know because I, I i keep thinking of whether the creatures in hellboy are ghosts or like monsters that they're kind of a combination of both because sometimes they're not i guess i'll go with ghosts if i had to choose Okay, ghosts. It's tough. So, it's tough. It's a combination of both. That's the that's the worst. What's swaying you to ghosts more than monsters, though? Um, I guess at the end of the day, if you if you break like if you look at the most base monster versus base ghost, it's I think a ghost is much more terrifying. Spooky. Yeah, I guess so. I'm. Uh, I don't like uh, white cloths floating around, I guess. <laughs> so, what does the Red Skull like more, monsters or ghosts? See, listening to the guys talk, I've had time to think about this. And the more I thought about it, I'm going to have to lean towards monsters from Silver Age earlier. Come Bronze Age later, I say ghosts. Because I think the monsters were more original back then, a little, and it was a little more scarier, a little more problem for the our heroes. Now it's just, yeah, okay, we've seen it so many times. A monster is just okay, an admirality of whatever, and just yeah, it's not it's not so much scary anymore. Where the ghost factor today is like, oh wow, okay, yeah, it's something to be worried about. Where back in Silver Age, Golden Age, a ghost, <laughs> yeah, okay, Gasper, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, ghosts are a lot more intimidating nowadays. Mm-hmm. Read the Specter Ostrander's run in Mandrake. You want to talk about some freaky stuff? So this is going to be a one or the other once again, but this one's going to go for Nova first, okay? Suspense or gore? Suspense. Suspense? I think why suspense? I think suspense for me. Cuz it's just so relatable like even though I've never experienced suspense that some of these comic characters go through, I'm like I've got like 50 kilometers left on the tank and I'm stuck in rush hour traffic. What the hell am I going to do? Like even that smallest 
that smallest like anticipation and suspense just really gets me. Uh, it actually makes me pretty uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'd say I'd, I'd prefer gore versus suspense for sure. Like uh, in terms of not being afraid. Very cool. Very cool. So red suspense or gore? Hands down, suspense for me. It's a lot of it because the gore doesn't affect me. It just there's a lot that I have actually seen in real life, especially being in the military and a, a corpsman. A lot of the blood and guts and things that I've seen, it just doesn't phase me. Um, so when I read the stuff in the comics, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But the suspense, that sitting on the edge of your seat, white knuckling that issue, waiting to see what's going to happen and just wondering, what, oh, my God, what's next? That is just building up and, and that your heart rates a, a lot faster. To me, that is what I – I live for. Give me that suspense. Very cool. So, Tap, which one do you pick? Suspense or gore? So, uh, this has to go back to uh, a childhood decision, and I gotta go with gore. Um, I was always more... Uh, I don't know, just growing up watching horror movies, you know, in the slasher films and the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th, and, like, that's what I grew up with. You know, I didn't really grow up with the more suspenseful stuff like seven and stuff you know i didn't watch that stuff till much later um i you know so yeah i gotta go with gore okay cool 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 cool. now the question is what do you prefer ghost monsters suspense or gore okay i prefer monsters and i also prefer gore yeah monsters and gore kind of go hand in hand they go hand in hand and i can i sometimes i'll put like slashers in the monster category yeah because can you really look at like jason Voorhees? he's a person but he's also misshapen like a monster. Oh, no, he's a straight-up monster. Dude dies and comes back from the dead. Maybe he's a ghost. Ah. Hey, he dies, he's a monster. From the dead. He's a zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie. There you go. I'd say he's more of a zombie. Yeah, but zombie? Freddy, yeah. Freddy's more of a ghost, I guess you could say. He's more of a ghost. He, he haunts your dreams. Yeah, he can only attack your dreams. He can't come out in the physical world. Unless you pull him out. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he can be hurt, too. Yeah. yeah. And then, That's um, so scary. And I always prefer, you know, gore just because, like you said, I grew up watching these gruesome 80s movies, and um, it's been always been a thing to me, uh, less horror, more gore, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right. So now that we have my take on it, this one is going to kind of go into uh, some of the things you were talking about earlier, where uh, what is considered horror, but is Doctor Strange considered horror? I consider Doctor Strange supernatural. I don't know. But oh, once again, know. there's a fine line. I don't call him horror, no. I say supernatural, though. Okay. Even with all the cultists and everything else? Yeah, I don't think that's horror. I think that's more supernatural. No. Okay. What do you think, Nova? See, I've never read all that much Doctor Strange, but he's has, he's never done anything like Hellblazer where it's like worshipping demons and... and... Oh, that's. I guess he does kind of, but it doesn't ever really feel as dark and like horrorish as Hellblazer. Yeah, you know like what when I mean? he fights Dormammu. Hell... Yeah, like w- like when Constantine goes into a cyber world and he, he's like doing this weird dark cyber magic, and he comes back, and the guy who sent him in is like all burnt up and crisp. Like that's that's different than you know Doctor Strange playing uh, deja vu with um with ego or no not ego sorry with uh with Dormammu. Um, but yeah, so I'd say, yeah, like Tab said, it's not really horror. It's more like a supernatural title. Now, uh, Red, are you going to make this unanimous? Red? The suspense killed him. Killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree. It's, it's, to me, it's just not horror. You don't think Doctor Strange is horror? No. No? No? No. Nope. Okay. No. Nope. No. Nope. Not even, See, not really. Even in the '70s stuff, to me, it wasn't horror. See, this is something that's always confused me because, you know, at the early '70s stuff, it looks like even the art styling is kind of like in that horror. I, I don't know how to describe it. They have like their own style for back then, and um, I, I always wondered because he deals with you know demons and other dimensions and everything else. So I never really cons- knew if I would consider it horror or not, just because it was like mysticism and stuff, but. I would probably have to agree with you. I don't really consider it horror too much, but it got me to thinking. I mean, actually talking it over made it kind of uh, steam it out a little bit. Supernatural almost needs its own genre, 
It almost oh, no, it'd be almost like, it does. You almost need, like, horror, monsters, supernatural. You know, it almost has to have, like, its own genre anymore. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Tap. Yes. Indie comic companies and horror comics. Do indie comics companies do it better? Yes. Why? Hands down. Because they don't have to worry about... Um, ratings or small children picking their books. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe to a certain extent they do. But for the most part, like they can go balls out and people are like, hey, do what you do. Uh, be as gruesome as you want. You can drop the F-bomb. You can curse. You can do whatever. Whereas in Marvel, DC, etc., you really can't. Your Your hands are tied to what your editors are going to allow, and they're not going to allow a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, whereas with indie, they're for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's some indie companies that are like, "Oh no, you can't do that, you can't do that." But for the most part, I think indie companies are like, "Hey, do what you do. As long as it's good and it makes for a great story, run with it. Do what you do. You're an adult. Make you know what I mean? Because these books that they're writing aren't meant for children, so they're trying to make them so that it's relatable to an adult. Uh, whereas Marvel and DC are kind of trying to pander to all the above age groups, three to eighty. You know. So, okay. Well, what do you think, Nova? Agreed. I mean, yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about it. It's that sort of mature rating that puts, um, puts indie, indie books over the edge. And I also think, like, if you're playing in your own sandbox, like Tap said, you don't have to worry about, you know, continuity or all this other stuff that the editors throw in your face. So you, you just, you do you, write what you want. So, Red, are you going to agree with them that indie comic companies do it better in the horror genre? Oh, of course they do. Just, just <laughs> like we just talked about. It, it, it's create your own. You, they can go to town. They can put in the foul language and put in the boob as the girl's being chased down the in the yard. And you can do whatever you want and, and not have to worry, you know? Well, That's what, what makes it so cool. Well, what could, like, uh, let's say uh, Marvel or DC do to improve the horror genre then uh, under their guidelines? Like, what would make it better with them still being able to practice their standards? Under their guidelines? Holy yep. crap. Oh, that's... <laughs> I don't know if you can't bring, so back, DC, the, yeah. bring back the Vertigo line. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. That's all DC has to do is slap the title Vertigo on it instead of DC Comics. Yeah. Right? Or Max. Mm-hmm. The rest will yeah, follow. and yeah, exactly. And Marvel can bring back the Max series. You know, bring back Max, bring back Vertigo. Yeah. You can do whatever oh, you want. Sure. And that's the thing too. Yeah, it's like, it, and if you're going to bring back horror, people are going to want to create their own things. And again, you go into the problem of create your own. Once Marvel gets their hands on it, it's not theirs anymore. It belongs to Marvel, and they're going to monopolize on it. So why would anybody yeah. take their new original idea? of a horror series to Marvel to help Marvel out. But I will say, though, that there are some Marvel characters and DC characters that are already exist that you could do some really awesome stuff with. DC, you got Swamp Thing, uh, Constantine, Dead Man, uh, you know, you got basically anybody in the Justice, Zantana, you got basically anybody in the Justice League Dark uh, that you could work with. On the Marvel side, you actually got Man Thing. You could bring, which R.L. Stein actually is bringing back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how adult it's going to be yet, uh, but he said he wanted to make it more of like 1950s EC style. Uh, but you got Man Thing. You've got uh, Dracula. I mean, freaking Dracula of all characters. You know, you could bring Dracula back. Um, you know, you. They could actually. They could have a Morbius. very nice dark Dracula run. I would love. Okay, I would. Well, not literally kill, but I would love like kill to have. An adult Max Blade Run. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be really cool. Oh, just let Blade go, just run wild. You could have some epic storytelling in that. No, have no, old man like... Logan show up in an issue, right? He's already messing with vampires anyway. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And even like you could take Ghost Rider. You can make a decent yeah, one out of him. Yeah, do a Ghost Rider Max. Oh yeah. my god, that'd be killer. <laughs> you know, See, I think I, we should I, I, work for Marvel. Like they just need to yeah. hire us, and we'll and be the like, new bullpen. What about Carnage? You could make that into a nice horror. Oh gosh! Well, the last Carnage was like a horror story, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just if they made that like a Max title, oh my gosh, that'd be insane. Yeah, just let him run loose. I mean, he's a serial killer. That's like what Cletus Cassidy is. He's a serial killer. Just let him yep. run loose, killing people. You know. Terrorizing now, a town. 
But you know, thinking about some of this, you, know, you have what is it? The, you know, your legion of monsters. You have all of them go into this new Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. Oh my God! They could have taken those characters and put them in their own series and made something gruesome. Mm-hmm. Not this. Now, go ahead. No, I'm just venting. It just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this kind of leads into a controversy. I guess it's kind of controversial in a way. Should horror comics be censored or no holds barred? And my example with this is stories like Crossed. No holds barred. No, no holds barred? Yeah. Well, just, you, you have a warning before you buy the comic. You can look at it in the shop for the most part as well. I don't know. If you see a well, getting, and if you most find comic stores won't sell crossed. Well, and if you find so. it that it's not for you, then don't buy it. Like I, when yeah. Crossed first came out, there was three issues out on the shelf. I bought all three issues because somebody said, "Oh, it's this new horror comic that's out." I bought all three issues. I went home, read them, felt like I needed to take a shower right after, and never picked up another Cross title because I'm like, I can't. This is go. just, not, it's not for me. It's it's a little. I'm not into the whole rapey thing. Like that's not it's not for me. So, see now for me. I mean, I've been saying this for years. I mean, I'm I'm going to dial it back a little bit. How many times do you go to a newsstand or whatever, and you see on the news rack your Sports Illustrated and all your other field streams and all that stuff? But up above, a little bit higher, you have your nudie magazines, typically with something covering the front of it. Yep. Okay, so children can't reach it, and they and eyes can't see it. Why can't comic book stores start doing the exact same thing, put some of these comics up a little bit higher, and you can have your horror comics, keep them as raunchy as you want, but they are, from write them properly, R to X or whatever it might be, put them higher where the kids can't reach it, put that uh, a, a board in front of it so they can't see the picture. Because I'll tell you, I'll walk into comic book stores, and I'll see Aloha Hawaiian Dick on the shelf, and somebody will put a piece of tape over the word Dick. Or the wow. same thing with yep. um, F Fairyland, yep. the variant cover. Yep. So why don't comic book stores start getting smart and start putting those a little bit higher and blocking the covers of them? And the comic book um, companies can say, oh, hey, we can actually get a little bit dirty or raunchy or, or more grotesque or however you want it, go an extra level higher with R or whatever and have that as an area where the comic book stores now have to maybe even ID a, a person that Here's what they like need. under 18. Comic book stores need to bring back what video stores used to have, which is the 18 and over black curtain room. <laughs> which is that secret room in the back of the video store that you would walk into and you had to be 18 or older to go and to the back yeah. of that room. That's what the comic book stores need. They need to bring back the black curtain room. I actually have a comic book store out in Newport News that actually has a black curtain room. That is awesome. Yes. Cool. Yes. That is Very epic. Cool. That's what they need. They just need yep. to bring back the black curtain. Because yep. not only Bender's that, but that's going to pique people's interest. People are going to be like, ooh, what's back there? You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Alright, well guys, that's going to end this, and we're going to actually jump into our game for today, okay? So, let me explain the rules real fast. You must wait to give your answer at the end of the count, okay? As soon as I count, three, two, one. After one, all of y'all have to say the answer, or whatever you think it is, at the same time. Do not let the other person know what you're thinking, though. Okay, do not blurt it out loud or anything else. So wait until I am done giving the hint. 100%, okay? All right, so that's three, two, one, go, or is that like three, two, one, or three, two, go? Is three, that on one, or two, <laughs> one, and then go. Just after I say one, you can go. All right. Okay? All right, and um, the thing is, is you multiple people can get points, okay? So you want to be right, and you'll all have to say it at the same time afterwards, okay? And there's only one answer per per turn. Okay? Sounds good. All Very right. Nice. And what do we win? You win being the super <laughs> horror champion of the day, man. That's what you win. No prize. Some of the pride. Rusty All right, should we just, should we just give this to Tap now? Because Tap is the one that reads more horror than Nova and I. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all never know. Y'all might be able to get this. Some of this will be hard. Some of this will be easy. But we'll see what happens, okay? All right, let's do it. Let's do All right, guys. So... All of these are going to be based on guessing horror comic characters, okay? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you a little bit about them, and then I'm going to give you about four or five seconds to think it over, and then I'm going to start my countdown, okay? All right. So are you guys ready for question number one? Let's or do hint it. number one? All right. Number one. This character debuted in a Crime Patrol magazine, but later went on to be one of three hosts for this popular horror comic series. He is most famous for his introduction or introductions in comics. All right, I'm going to give y'all about five seconds now to think it over. All right, guys, let's start the count. Three, two, one. Crypt Keeper. All right, I guess uh, Tap is the only one to get it. It is the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, Tap got the first. How did y'all, the rest of y'all not know what it was? Red already spoiled the ending of this for you. <laughs> exactly. You're asking. Horror, you're at, basically you. You wrote all these questions for Tap because you know, no, but I don't read horror. Me and so Rusty Tap, do share a love of horror. Yes, we do. Yeah. But Tap, what gave it away in this uh, in this thing for you? Uh, it was definitely when you said uh, he was one of three hosts that did introductions. I was like, oh, okay, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, because he was actually like, I guess, um, what is it? Uh, horror Vault of did yeah. three different titles Vault and they had Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror mm-hmm. and they had a, uh, Tales of something I forgot Tales what it was. Tales of the Crypt? No there's Tales from the Crypt and there's Tales something oh. else. Yeah there was something else I don't remember what it was though. Yeah I don't remember what but there was the three hosts for it and usually the Crypt Keeper would get two stories and then the other host would get one apiece yeah, and that's man. why the Crypt Keeper became more relevant because they kept giving him more stories. The, the Crypt Keeper is one of my all time favorite like horror icons. It's kind of weird that he debuted in Crime Control magazine. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. 1950s. I don't know what he was doing in the Crime Patrol magazine. But they did him poorly in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you like him in the TV show, though? Oh, I loved him. Oh, yes. He's the reason why he's my favorite. And in the cartoon series, the Saturday morning cartoon series. Yeah, I've never watched the cartoon. Oh, dude, it's fun. It's, it's for, meant for kids, but it's fun. That's cool. That's oh, cool. yeah, it's real fun. All right, so let's move on to question number two. And like I said, this one's going to be a little more challenging. And if no one gets it after the one, I'm going to give you all a little bit of bonus info just because I think it's that hard. Okay. Okay? All right. So hint number two. This character wants to exchange our lives for his own purpose in obtaining his love. He killed his parents and 10 others before being put in a mental institute and becoming his character. His original publisher went bankrupt, and he was bought out by Devil's Due, but since then resides with another famous publisher. He has appeared in over 154 issues. All right, I'm going to give y'all five seconds to think on that one, and then I'll start the count. All right, three, two, one. I have a couple guesses. Vampirilla. My first guess is going to be Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. You got a guess, Nova? No, I'm going to wait for the next clue. Okay, I'm going to give the next clue. Uh. Okay. (laughs) Bonus info. He was created by Brian Pulido. And the original company that had him was Chaos Comics. Is it Evil Ernie? Hey, you got it, Tap. See, I was thinking Evil Ernie in the very beginning, but I didn't think there's that many issues of Evil Ernie out. So I was like, 154 issues. I didn't think there was that many. If you would have said something like the smiley button or whatever, I would have gotten it. I can't make it that easy. (laughs) So, okay, what? uh, You you guys just had no idea, Nova and Red. I'm guessing, right? No clue. I just threw. I just throwing names out just to so you can hear the sound of my voice. <laughs> well, at least you're trying over here. I don't think Nova's trying really at all. Hey, I, I can blurt out nonsense all night long if that's what you want. But... <laughs> blurt out a name, man. Just blurt out a name. If you, just, even if you get it, maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe. Just be way louder than Tap so you never hear his answer. <laughs> there you go. That's it. So what gave it away, Tap? What made you think Evil Ernie? Um, because I know a little bit about the backstory of Evil Ernie and like why he uh, and like that he went to Devil's Due and now he's not like I knew a little bit about that. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, and I knew a little bit about like the supernatural side of him, like the the story behind him. 
And so I was like, okay, it's either Evil Ernie. I was like, but it could be Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Because I know more about, I don't know as much about Johnny. So I was like, it could be Johnny. And then, because I didn't think there had been 154 issues of Evil Ernie. That's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I know, right? You would think he would be more popular by now, right? I had, Yeah, I had no idea there was that many issues. Yeah, dude. He's been around for a long time now. Like yeah, the late I, 80s? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember seeing it when I was in school. Like, young yep. school. Yep. Well, hey, Nova, you want to know what the famous publisher he's on now is? Sure. Dynamite. Ooh. Yeah, Evil Ernie's owned by Dynamite. Hey, what, yeah, what's funny is Brian Polito sold Evil Ernie but kept Lady Death and so they were like a couple in the, through the first series and like it was the main two characters and then Evil Ernie went to Devil's Due and they rewrote his back story and then but not that much and then he went to Dynamite and they really changed everything about him but since Brian Polito never sold Lady Death it stuck with him over to um, Avatar Press so he actually has the character split over two companies now Interesting. That makes me wonder if there's a hardcover of Evil Ernie somewhere. I like the art in Evil Ernie. Yeah, no, the art's awesome. He almost yeah. re- Evil Ernie almost always reminded me of... Uh, uh, oh, God, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Ah, uh, shit. I'm going to sound horrible if I don't remember it, so cut this out. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Iron Maiden mascot. Eddie. Eddie? Eddie. Eddie. Uh, we'll cut that out. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right guys we're moving on to hint number three this demon born character debuted in marvel but he was born in new york of a rapist and his victim he represented everything that was wrong with the town at the time he eventually rebelled against his devilish ways and tried to recruit wolverine punisher and ghost Rider with no luck to battle against the forces of hell he later became a king in the Hellfire Club. Okay, I'm going to give y'all five seconds to figure this one out, and then I'm going to start the countdown. All right, I'm starting the countdown. Three, two, one. This one should be so much easier for me, and it's not. Um... Everyone say something. I want to say Mephisto, but I know that's not right. Um, I don't know Hellfire Club. Uh, The sad thing is, Sebastian Shaw. It has a name Black, something Black, something Black. I I just know it. One more hint. One more hint. Uh Oh, oh, okay. Tap already guessed it. I knew. I think Red Red was Red was thinking, but Tap got it. It is Blackheart. The next clue I was going to give you is he debuted in Daredevil. Yeah, I would have. That would have been pretty easy after that. Okay, y'all had no idea. Did you even have a guess, Nova? Were you thinking anybody? No. I knew no? it was related to uh, Ghost Rider somehow, and I was like, I know I should know this better <laughs> than I do. Yeah, so, Red, Red, uh, you just had no idea either, or what was making you think black? Because the, the Hellfire's Club, I just remember something a character in there and I just keep thinking black. Oh, that, that's all I can really remember. I was, You're, you I was know why? Because he was the black king in the Hellfire Club. Okay. Yeah, but his name's Blackheart also. Right. And uh, when I was researching this and this, I had no idea he was like born of a rapist and a victim. That's pretty brutal for Marvel. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no doubt. Kind of like yeah. Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. One of a so, maniacs. What what made you think? What made you get it? Then tap. Was it just because Red was saying black? Well, when he said black, and then it hit me, it was Blackheart. Like I said, nope. I knew it was related to Ghost Rider, and that's why I kept saying Mephisto. And then I'm like, no, I know Mephisto's not right. So then, as soon as Red said black, I was like, oh, Blackheart. All right. Well, let's move on to this. We got two left. All right. The hint this time, and because Tap is running away with it, maybe Red or Nova will at least get one of these two. Uh, I wouldn't count on it. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. So this character is considered a monster, okay? He appears over many different comic companies under different identities, but his first appearance was in Detective Comics in 1948. 
He was created as an experiment to reanimate the dead and then frozen in ice. He later swam to America where he started his journey. Okay? I'm going to give you five seconds to think this one over. And hopefully uh, Red and Nova know this one. but Because uh, this one's <sighs> pertaining to something pretty... Something y'all are familiar with. So, all right. I'm going to start the count. Three, two, one. Casper. Frankenstein. Nova got it. Oh my gosh, oh. yes. Oh my god, how could I not? I remember that X Men issue. Yes. Frozen and he swam to America insane. Yeah, that's how the story ends, too, in the book. Yeah, Mary Sheldon, yeah. Yep, okay. Tap, why did you not? You didn't, you just had no I, idea? I had no clue, man. You were naming off like five <laughs> different origins. You're like, Frozen and Ice. I'm like, all right, Captain America. And then you're like, Swam to America. And I'm like, <laughs> Dolphin Boy. Appeared in Batman. And I'm like, Zazz. And I'm like, oh, you named off like five different like potential origins. I was like, I have no idea. See, I had to get, make this one interesting because Frankenstein's a really easy to identify character. So I was like, all right, let's just look all. If of you would this have said he's an agent of shade, I would have been like, oh, Frankenstein. <laughs> no, I couldn't just say he was a monster of a, a lab, you know, crazy scientist or whatever either. So I'm I really tried to avoid Nova. that. Yeah, good job, Nova. All right. all right, that's it for me tonight, guys. Uh, I'm going to leave on that high note. And... <laughs> a, glo- a golf clap for you. Right? <laughs> all right, so this is the last one, okay? And then uh, we'll move on. But, okay, so number five, the hint is, this creature is considered grotesque. He is the result of a failed experiment for the government. He cannot be killed. He is mystically connected to a sorceress that was sucked into an alternate reality. He uses people's fear to prey oh, on them. I know. The character debuted in a magazine. All right, I'm going to give you all five seconds to think about this. All right, let's do the count. Three, two, one. Man thing. Yeah, he got it. Man thing. What gave it away? <laughs> I, I just know the backstory of man thing. Oh, okay. So I I know whenever I said he preys on people's fear, you were like, oh, okay. Well, I I had a I knew it was man thing, and then as soon as like you said he preys on fear, I was like, yep, it's solidified. It's man thing. Like there's no other ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay, so uh, Nova and Red, you just had no idea on the man thing. Nah, no, no, no. Well, that's a bummer, guys, I'm, because that's what's up. I'm more of a swamp thing kind of guy, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, this is going to kind of go into what we are leading up for and what's going on in Marvel right now, because I wanted to bring this up here at the end. I asked all of y'all to read Monsters Unleashed by Marvel, which is like the little mini event that's going on right now by Colin Bunn and Greg Land. And, um, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. So what do you guys think about the event so far? We've read the first two issues. Uh, What do you think about it so far? It's picking up. Uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see where it goes. I'm not really. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I mean, it's. I mean, it's how many? What? Forty-four pages between two issues of nothing but heroes fighting monsters. With yeah. <laughs> it's just like, come on! That's... Can you put some story in there? Yeah, there's, there's like the coolest parts of the issues for me were the whole whatever her name is, Elsa Bloodstone, and yeah, yeah Elsa Bloodstone, yeah, Kai. Kai cannot, cannot, Kai, I Kowali or something. Name, the, you know the, the kid who's basically just summoning whatever he wants by, by doodling. Great power. Um, but yeah, those are the best parts where you're sort of trying to figure out. You know, they're telling you what's going on. The rest of it's just it's like a you know big budget movie on paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay yeah. movie Michael <laughs> explosions. Bay. Michael Bay spectacle, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of kaiju yeah. monsters. So I think like yeah. you well, know the arts. Like, yeah, no, the no. art's awesome. No, the art's the art's great. I can't say anything bad about the art. It's just the story so far. Here's my thing. When I heard um, that Marvel was doing Monsters Unleashed, I got excited because I thought they were going to be bringing back Dracula 
you know, werewolf by night. I mean, I thought they were going to be bringing back like, all these classic uh, man thing, for instance. I thought it would be back. Okay. They keep showing Fin Fang Foom. And I'm like, hey, that's cool, too. I'm down with some dragons. Like, let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all you're getting are these made-up kaiju monsters. And so I feel like, I mean, there's more to happen. Let, let's see what happens. But I, honestly, I feel like we're, we've just been being lied to. I feel like it's false advertising. It's like he wrote a single issue, and now he's stretching it out as far as he can go. Yeah. One thing that I think is kind of neat is, um, it's kind of a fun fact as well, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee actually used to write a ton of monster comics before they started doing anything superheroes. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a nice throwback to that. I don't know if, like, they actually went back and said, okay, Jack Kirby drew these, so now let's, you know, draw an updated version of these monsters. I don't know if that's how deep they got with it, you know, knowing Marvel. Marvel, no. (laughs) Well, no, because um, I know that they're starting to show a lot of Qbert school stuff in these ones, which they don't normally do, and then they're actually, you know, some of these monsters that you see in it and stuff, they kind of do, like, um, reminisce some of the characters in some of the old, like, uh, Adventures into Fear and stuff like that that I've noticed. They loosely resemble. Yeah, it's uh, you know, cool stuff. Like the drawings are nice, but yeah, like 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 everyone's saying, uh, the story's just sort of inch by small inch, <laughs> millimeter by millimeter. millimeter. <laughs> it could be a slow burn though. There's been comics that start off really really slow, and then I'm like, oh my god, and then right when they're about to lose me, all of a sudden they hit you with a ton of bricks, and you're like, this is amazing. So well, how many issues are how many issues are left for this thing, Rusty? Do you know? I think there's a total um, I, of seven or six. I was about to right? say seven or eight, I thought. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, I'm gathering. I would basically just wait until the last issue comes out, read the last issue, and you'd be like, wow, okay, that was cool. <laughs> well, I think another question that a lot of people have been asking for this is, is this based in the regular Marvel Universe? Because yeah, technically this like would it. be going on at the same time as Inhumans versus X-Men, but then you see them fighting... Well, stuff, here's the thing, yeah. though. Marvel doesn't care about continuity. Right. <laughs> 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 That's the thing. Everyone wonders, is it a part of the regular Marvel universe, or is this some side, sort of side universe? Because they have the alternate comics, too, where it's like uh, Doctor Strange 1.MU and stuff like that. So, every, and it, like, is MU, you know, I mean, it's Monsters Unleashed, but is it its own universe, too? Yeah. Who knows? I, well, one thing I have to ask, and you... I'm sure you probably know the answer to this, Rusty, is, you know, I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, the world's being destroyed by monsters or falling from the sky, everything's in chaos. You have all the heroes, um, you know, fighting them off. And as I'm reading this, I'm again, I'm like, okay, once again, where are all the villains? How come they're not out there trying to help out either? Then all of a sudden I see a glimpse on, uh, in a panel of Magneto. So I'm like, oh, well. Well, is that is is he still a villain or is he not a villain anymore? What's going on with him? Yeah, he's not a villain, man. He's actually going to be leading the young X Men soon in place of uh, Charles Xavier. Okay, there you go. That's that's my question. Yeah, Yeah. I can't wait to start reading the original Uncanny X Men, the X Men that I know the stories behind, (laughs) not these (laughs) new X Men. A lot of weird stuff. I miss my classic. So Magneto's the the good guy and. Uh, Sabretooth is a good guy too. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah. I, want oh. To, I want to go back to like the X Men I know and love. Yep. Well, that I mean, this kind of makes me think too. Um, you know, Arl Stein's Man Thing is coming up here at the beginning of March. Do you feel like this might just be a big lead up build to Arl Stein's Man Thing? No, because no. his Man Thing's no, a miniseries. No. It's like a four issue miniseries. Okay, but I mean, like you know, building up the hype with the monsters and everything no, else. Not at all. Cause they, nope. Because if they were, they would have. They wouldn't be creating kaiju monsters of this little kid's drawing. Mm-hmm. They would be bringing yeah. back Dracula. They'd be bringing back, you know, Classics. Morbius and Blade and Mephisto. I mean, there's so many other awesome characters they could easily have brought back and not created these new ones. So I feel like yeah. this is its own thing. It's not trying to build up for anything. I feel like it's its own its own thing. Okay. Yeah, Rusty, uh, uh, I love doing this podcast with you, man, but you're way too hopeful and optimistic about Marvel. <laughs> I, oh, aren't I always? I hope Is it connected? Best. Do you think they care to connect, like, to get everyone excited? No. I don't no. Know. So I'm, I'm waiting for the third issue. Are the Carnies going to come out to play? 
That's what I'm wondering too. With all this crazy monster stuff, where's Century and Hyperion and all them at? Oh, but okay. So I y'all don't really. I, I'm not getting the vibe that y'all are digging Monsters Unleashed too much. But what are your thoughts on the story becoming an ongoing in April? Please no. It's happening. It, I don't know. I'll have to see what happens. Honestly, like I said, I feel like it's picking up. Issue one bored me. Issue two kind of started to pick up a little bit because they're giving you like little hints to like when the family's like, you know, oh, you know, it's happening again, and he's like, no, it's much, much worse or whatever. And I'm like, okay, there's something going on yeah. here. So I mean, there's and then there's one Elsa Bloodstone these. shows up at the house, you know, in the kids' bedroom, and I mean, there's there's things going on, and I'm kind of an impatient person where I want to know what's going on right now. I don't want to wait a month or whatever it is to find out. Um, Mm -hmm. So this may be a book that's one of those that are best read once it's all collected and then binge read. So you don't have to wait. Um, Cause yeah, I don't know. That's just me though. I'm I'm impatient. So if it does, okay, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, I, I can't see this going too far as an ongoing, unless it, something extremely wow happens. Because what is it going to end up being? The kid keeps drawing monsters and heroes keep fighting them. Is that going to be every month? And, and is Elsa Every gonna month it's going to be a different superhero team fighting. It's going to be like <laughs> X-Men versus Kaiju. <laughs> yeah, and then, then, then I'm, I'm sure we're going to see more of Elsa Bloodstone um being Indiana Jones, because I'm going to tell you that whole panel sequence of her in a cavern, um, flying through, uh, spears and going through darts and then ducking under rate, uh, saw blades. <laughs> I mean, it's like, whoa, they, they just took this from Indiana Jones. Yeah. So, that's like, straight temple of doom. <laughs> it was It's like, really guys, really? <laughs> See, they you know, you just... get inspiration from everywhere, man. There's inspiration. They're just copying. They copied. That wasn't inspired. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say that I think a better direction for them would be, and I know they're trying to get kids into this stuff, because right now, just based on the cover of issue number one of the ongoing, it looks like reverse Pokemon. Sort of like a (laughs) can you create a mall kind of thing. I didn't think about that, but you're right. And I think a better idea to get more people excited would be maybe they're planning this. Sort of. Because a lot of the first two issues talked about, like, the history of these monsters and how this has happened since, like, cavemen times. Like, this has been foretold. Focus more on that kind of stuff. Like, just going through the ages where all these monsters were just sort of, I don't know, appearing, stuff like that. Sort of like the Silver Age stuff that, you know, isn't that much fun to read now because of the way it's written. Told in, like, a modern storytelling style. I think that would be a, a nicer use of the term Monsters Unleashed as well. But yeah, right now it just looks like reverse Pokemon to me. Now, wouldn't that be a kick in the junk if when the ongoing whatever comes out, it also coincides with the, an iOS game, Monsters Unleashed? That would be cool. I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you draw just sort of goes out into the world. And and they make it Pokemon style. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta Kids catch can them all. fight each other's monsters. Yeah. All right. So. There you go. For the final thing here on the podcast today, uh, what do you think are some ways other comic companies could embrace this horror comic moment right now with uh, Monsters Unleashed, Man-Thing, Ongoings coming out? What are some ways you think some other companies could embrace this moment? Oh, they're not embracing. They're sitting back laughing like, oh my gosh, we're doing way better than you, Marvel. <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> they're pointing fingers sitting back laughing. Oh it's like, oh. Oh my God, Marvel! What are you doing? That's my just my thought. Two cents. They make that Pacific so Rim too. A little faith, little faith, guys. No, I don't know, man. Hopefully, it inspires people to try to bring back some of these classic monsters. You know. Um, yeah, no kidding. My thing is, Arl Stein wants to go back to like the 1950s type feel. Um, with his four-issue mini-run of Man-Thing, so I'm going to cross my fingers that it's really, really good. And maybe that'll inspire some stuff, you know, because I like that kind of stuff. I would love to see little minis come out with, you know, Dracula and Wolfman and Mummy and, you know, whatever else. Like, bring it on. I'm, I'm more than... I mean, hell, Universal's revamping all of their, their movie monsters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they got Tom Cruise's The Mummy coming out this year, um, and they're mm-hmm. going to be re- doing... 
uh, Dracula. They're going to do Creature from the Black. I mean, they're supposed to be revamping their entire universe. You know, so it'd be cool to kind of see some comics reiterate that. Yeah, no doubt. I think if the one thing I want to see is R.L. Stein doing Man Thing gives DC another push to sort of try uh, another Swamp Thing. You know, I mean, it's it's right there. Yeah. People are into Man Thing. They also want to take a look at, hey, who's this uh, Swamp Thing guy? Yeah. Yeah, but I I I'm t- I can see B Claymore doing a of a Dracula, a serious Dracula, and that would be something I'd pick up. Not this cartoony kidsy feel, but a nice serious Dracula. Be cool. Speaking of Dracula, yeah. I was actually reading a Apocalypse versus Dracula earlier today. <laughs> have you read that, Rusty? I have not read that. Oh man, it, it, it sounds pretty, pretty bad. Fun. It's it? pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm like to say that sounds bad, but I, I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> well, it's like it's only I mean, four I, issues. So. All of a sudden, I thought about like the TV show, the originals, the Vampire Diaries. You can turn that into a great comic easily. It, I think it has been a comic. Has it? Oh, that's maybe it's been True Blood that I'm thinking of. I think. Yeah, True yeah, no, it. yeah, True Blood, but yeah, Vampire Diaries. Uh, it's been off of uh, the originals. I don't think it has, but it would be it would be kick ass. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So oh, we've talked about this. What about you, Russell? What do you think of the comic? Yeah. Okay. So I think Monsters, you really liked it. <laughs> Monsters Unleashed is all right. I like that they're kind of giving the artist and stuff like these full page things. There's not a lot of text in it and stuff. And you're getting to see a lot of cool like monster drawings, splash pages and stuff. The thing is, is like you said, I don't really li- I like the idea of a bunch of monsters falling on down and everything. But spoiler alert, I don't really like the idea that it's a kid drawing monsters that's creating this. Like if there's some kind of like mystical element saying like, you know, uh, because of reasons with the dark hold and the carnage thing that it opened up yeah. something in the sky and monsters started falling down from a different dimension. That'd be totally cool. But the idea that it's just some little kid drawing monsters for some other monsters doesn't really hit me too close to home but the thing is i've been really into these monster comics and horror from marvel like reading a whole whole bunch of man thing getting ready for rl stein and a little bit of swamp thing too but um (laughs) it's just i don't know with this i'm hoping that it turns into something better and the reason why i think that it might be leading up to rl stein's man thing is because back when this was announced man thing was announced they had like a reading order to lead up to get familiar with um, Monsters Unleashed and Man-Thing, and it included Man-Thing issues on both sides. So that's why I think some of they might be inspired by some of the images from past monsters, and I think that it might be just kind of, kind of, kind of, it correlates, especially since I think when like we hit the midway point of Monsters Unleashed, Man-Thing comes out. And I know it's going to be a mini and it's going to be separate from it, but I feel like they're just trying to, you know, the scheduler and the coordinator for content probably thought, oh, this is a good idea, you know. So you mentioned the whole drawing thing and I had this. It's crazy. It was a bunch of coincidences happening all at once. So when the preview pages came out for Monsters Unleashed number one, they showed like the first page, which has two panels of someone drawing stuff like drawing. You know, you don't know what they're drawing. We find out he's the kid drawing monsters. What I thought, because I had seen that Marvel's releasing omnibuses for all the monster stuff that Stanley and Jack Kirby had done. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do something really sweet. Like, it, over the issues that Pencil pulls out, and it's Jack Kirby who's been drawing all these monsters, and it sort of connects that whole, like, this is how Stan and Jack started, and we're trying to bring that back. And then it sort of ties in, because Taft's been talking about reading Animal Man, and like Animal Man meets Grant Morrison, so it'd be like, oh, Jack Kirby's just sort of it's all been like this little sandbox he's been playing around with, and it was an alternate universe that he, you know, just drew cool. drew up. But it turns out it was not that. Yeah, but like I said, we'll just see. Uh, hopefully the, I mean, Marvel must like it enough by the end of the story to give it a chance on an ongoing. So yeah. maybe there's something at the end of it that's just going to, like, all blow us away. Or it, be in, or it can be in true Marvel fashion and be just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. The end. <laughs> yeah, the end. Whatever was happening before this is happening now again. No. No. All right. Well, 
All you ghosts and monsters out there, sit tight until next week because that is going to end this Frightmarish podcast today. Tune in every Saturday for the latest episode. We also want to invite you to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube page. The links will be in the description of this pod. Make sure to stick around until next week because we will be back to interviewing a special guest that will be announced on our Twitter Wednesday. So if you can't wait to find out, be sure to follow us. And since this whole episode was about monsters and ghouls, maybe monsters and comics is your thing, be sure to stick around because in a few weeks we will be having artist Val Mayrick from Adventures into Fear and Man-Thing. But until next time, 